Welcome to Hindu Insights. My name is Ankur Patel from Los Angeles, and I'm the Director of Advancement for Hindu University of America. With me today is Bill Goldberg. You may know him as the author of American Veda, and he's actually been teaching courses at HUA, including an upcoming summer course on an autobiography of a yogi. Welcome, Phil Goldberg. Hey, great to be with you, Encore. Thank you, thank you. So why don't you just get started by sharing your journey and what put you on the Dharmic path? Well, um, I was uh, a product of the 1960s. And uh, anybody in your audience is too young to remember the 60s. I will just say that everything you heard about it is true. And it was a, a very wild and crazy time. And I was young and I was uh, at one point consciously became a seeker. You know, I was very disillusioned with life as it was presented to me and with the activities and values I was supposed to adopt. <laughs> and none of it made sense. And I started asking the big questions of life, like, you know, many, many of my uh, counterparts. And for some reason, for well, they're not just some reason, for various reasons, the teachings of the East, the Dharmic teachings. First, I got interested in Zen Buddhism, and then Vedanta and yoga, and all the, all the, the philosophical framework that was born in India in the ancient days and was preserved and modernized, um, I started reading about it because uh, respectable and in, in some cases revered Western thinkers were writing about it. And I was devouring those books and that led me to the original sources, to the Gita and the Upanishads and all. and. Um, at that same time, you know, gurus were coming to the uh, West uh, and um, modern technology made everything more accessible and I just couldn't get enough of it. It just drew me as speaking to uh, the kind of wisdom I was searching for. And what impressed me, because I had been raised by atheists, I had no interest in religion, um, and I was rebellious enough not to want anybody telling me what to think or believe in. And the way the teachings of the, uh, the Indic teachings were presented was, um, you don't have to believe this stuff. It's not an act of faith, it's empirical. These are truths that the rishis and the sages have discovered and you can test it out for yourself. See if it holds up to your to logic and reason. See if it if the experience that the yogic methods promise and and make available. See if they work for you. And so I took up yoga. I took up meditation practices and pranayama practices, and it changed my life. And that just the proof was in the pudding. My life became better and I wanted to know more. I wanted to experience more. I ended up uh, becoming a, 
uh, one of the early uh, teachers of transcendental meditation. I you know, spent a lot of time with Maharshi Mahesh Yogi, and I kept learning from other sources as well, one of which uh, was Yogananda, because the autobiography of a yogi was one of those books that <clears throat> people like me were devouring, not always buying, because we didn't have any money, but we borrowed them from one another. And I, oh, it's, it's not within reach, but I have still have the copy of Autobiography of a Yogi that I read in 1970. And I have moved a lot over the years and it's still with me. And I always joke that it um, it was it's a hardcover and it, on the jacket it says $5. And that's what it cost back then. But I wouldn't have had $5. So I'm pretty sure that I borrowed it from someone and never returned it. And so I, I say that I wrote about Yogananda and I teach this course about Yogananda and autobiography of a yogi to work off the karma of ripping off uh, somebody's, somebody's copy of the book. But that was my beginning. And I never became a disciple of Yogananda's. I had my own path, but he was a big influence, as were you know a host of other sources in those days. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you got on this path, regardless of that first book. You're paying it forward and sharing so much knowledge and wisdom. <laughs> I, I feel it. You know, me uh, growing up as a Hindu in Los Angeles, I did feel like it was an act of faith. It wasn't empirical for me, and and the way that you the truths have been discovered, you tested it for yourself. Um, I don't know, can you just elaborate on that a little bit, the difference between well, the act To me, that's, that's one of the hallmarks of Hindu Dharma, also and Buddhist Dharma, all the teachings that arose from India, that's one of the hallmarks. You know, Buddha famously said, don't take my word for it, as I'm paraphrasing, test it out in your own experience. And all the gurus who came here said the same thing. All the commentaries I read about Vedanta, Yoga, Buddhism, they all said the same thing. And that meant a lot to me. I mean, it's even, you know, occasionally I lecture about the Gita and one of the last verses in the Gita blew my mind when I read it because after all these incredible teachings that Krishna gives to Arjuna, at the very end, he says, I have now given you these great secret teachings. It's up to you. You either, either follow what I said or don't. And I thought, that's so cool. It was not like, you know, you'll go to hell if you don't do what I say, or you, know, you have to believe this dogma or this doctrine. No, it was all freedom of uh, thought and uh, and respect for evidence and the evidence in this case is one's own inner experience and these you know teachings were meant to change your life and make them better and they do um but also the the knowledge base uh it holds up to the, to the experience and to logic and to uh, scientific inquiry you know, not long after I got on this path, uh, people in science started 
they saw young people like me uh, take up yoga and meditation and all that and, and our lives changing for the better. And so people started doing experiments on, you know, what happens when you meditate, what, you know, and physi physiologically. And I was actually a subject in one of the fa famous early studies. Uh, and when the evidence came out, when the results were published in scientific journals and then made their way into uh, popular magazines, things really changed, you know, you know, and now there's thousands of studies and, you know, the ordinary healthcare practitioners recommend these practices. And so that, that, that was the origin of it. But, you know, all the teachers said the same thing. You don't have to convert to Hinduism. You don't, you don't have to be a Buddhist. You, you can be whatever you are, a Christian, a Jew, an atheist, a secularist. But these teachings hold up as philosophy or psychology and um, practical, you know, uh, interventions. So that that was very important to me in those days. That um, <laughs> I was not being forced to into a belief system that didn't hold up to uh, inquiry. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the big frameworks we've been looking at, right? The paradigm of power versus the paradigm of knowledge, right? Going from the ancient wisdom that was passed down to the peer-reviewed scientific journals. But also it feels like you don't have to be Hindu, but sometimes some of these ideas are being disconnected from the parampara, from the lineage, from the... And that's why I really yeah. appreciate you sharing your own journey, how you got there and, and that aspect of it. So maybe you could touch on that, the paradigm of yeah, power versus the paradigm of knowledge and the parampara. That's an interesting, it's an interesting breakdown. Um, and, you know, and it's not that in Hindu Dharma is totally absent, you know, or, or uh, immune to corruption <laughs> or misuse and uh, mis misconception and misunderstanding. You know, we've, we've seen evidence of that. And there, you know, a lot of the gurus I wrote about who brought these teachings to America and reached, in some cases, thousands, in some cases, like Yogananda teachings, you know, some of those gurus misbehaved. And, and we have to be honest about that. And I, I tried to be in my work. Um, but use of power uh, has largely been a, a sub-issue. It's not been a... It, front and center in, in, a, in, in ways that say um, that have affected other traditions and people have been able, you know, there are people who were wounded by misbehaving gurus, you know, especially in the 60s and 70s, but people have learned from those experiences and uh, approach the teachings in a, in a more uh, sensible way because of it. Yeah. And, um, great, great, yeah. Phil. So we're going to continue this conversation with Phil Goldberg. I'm Ankur Patel. Um, don't forget to follow Hindu University of America on social media, study at HUA. Uh, quick commercial break. We're going to continue our conversation with Phil Goldberg when we come right back. Thank you for being with us so far. <laughs> 